Well, he was late to crawl, late to walk. He was just kind of late on all these milestones. At 18 months, he had about 25 words, and he would use them. And then from 18 months to two, two and a half, they just kind of disappeared, and there was a regression. And they first thing they said to me after like like observing him for a while and watching him play, and uh, they asked if I knew anything about autism. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we'll be discussing feeling inadequate and how to cope. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing our community's code. Naked Parent Nation's a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truths, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So as we move into the show today, we'll just take a center to get grounded and take a little space for ourselves. And if you want to sit up tall or lay down and have your spine erect, allow your eyes to close and just allow any thoughts that are moving through your head and just sit there in that space where there's no financial worries in that space where you're enough in that space where we're all connected and with your eyes closed I'll read a prayer Heavenly Mother, Father, Friend Great Spirit, Divine Consciousness Wondrous Nature and Saints of all Religions We come together as brothers and sisters on a similar quest to better understand ourselves, our divine calling, and how to be the best version of ourselves and parents for our children. We ask for the guidance and the ability to accept life on life's terms. May each listener feel an inner sense of peace and calm in our hearts today. May we feel love and spread love. Om. Peace. Amen. 
And as you come out of that quiet space, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And I would like to welcome Seth to the show. Seth, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, you're very welcome. You say you're calling in from Lebanon, Oregon today? Yeah, that's correct. Can you tell us a little bit about Seth and his family in Lebanon, Oregon, so we can get to know you better? Yeah. Yeah, so I am married. I have an 11-year-old stepson who has ADHD, and then I have a three-year-old son who has autism and ADHD. Well, we suspect it's ADHD. They don't diagnose this young, but he has a lot of the similar symptoms his brother did. My wife works in insurance, and I stay home with the kids right now. What kind of happened was we were both working, and then COVID shut everything down. And then I came home to stay home with the kids because my wife made more money than me. And we just found out that it was a lot easier to have a parent home. And like the financial difference between paying for daycare and me staying home was negligible. So we would rather have one of us raise our kids than a daycare raise it if there was no real big financial benefit. So COVID had us homebound and how we ended we were living in Eugene, Oregon for a long time, renting. How we ended up in Lebanon was pretty recently with all the stimulus packages that went out. Uh, we just kind of landed in this sweet spot where the previous year we didn't make as much money. So we qualified for all these stimulus packages, but we had a little bit of a raise in the following year. So we got a, this whole chunk of money. So we were able to get a down payment on our house and we bought a house in an area we could afford. And this is a little smaller rural area. So it was really beneficial for us. But yeah, I mean, my kids are, they're great. Uh, my older one loves sports. Uh, my younger one is obsessed with all things, cars and wheels and anything that spins. Um, and, you know, we're just hanging out, doing it every day. Cool. Um, well, congratulations on figuring out how to get a home through that crazy time. That's really awesome. Uh, so your youngest son was basically one and two years old then through COVID. Is that yeah. when COVID like, hit, he was about five months old. Okay. When did you guys start noticing things that didn't look like what you were anticipating? Well, he was late to crawl, late to walk. He was just kind of late on all these milestones. And it was around 18 months to two years old, somewhere in there. At 18 months, he had about 25 words and he would use them. And then from 18 months to two, two and a half, they just kind of disappeared and there was a regression. I contacted early intervention because by the time he was two and a half, he wasn't speaking at all. Um, and his receptive language seemed like he didn't understand what we were saying a lot of the time. And there was a lot of big feelings that came with that from him. So he just seemed dysregulated a lot. So we went and got him evaluated. And they first thing they said to me after like like observing him for a while and watching him play, and uh, they asked if I knew anything about autism. And uh, that kind of put it on my radar. So, you know, I went up with the steps and I got in contact with his pediatrician, expressed my concerns. He agrees. He thinks it's autism. And right now, so we haven't had a professional specialist diagnosis because you technically have to have the specialist advise or uh, evaluate him to get that medical diagnosis. And there's a massive wait list. We've been on it since July and I have no idea when they're going to be able to see us, but he is in an early childhood special education preschool class right now. And, you know, everyone thinks that's what's going on. People have seen it over and over and over. So I have very little doubt in my mind at this point that that's what's going on. But yeah, he just wasn't talking and just seemed uninterested and 
socialization. Like we go to the park and he just has no interest to be near other kids. He lines toys up and plays with them rather atypically. Just all the signs. Did anything happen between 18 and 22 months other than this regression that you attribute um, any of it to? Or? Not really. I've done a lot of reading about autism since this got put on my radar, you know. I've talked to a lot of parents on Reddit, Facebook, whatever. Just anecdotally, like a lot of people have had the same thing happen where their kids seem to be progressing normally. And then at a certain point, they just sort of regress like that. I don't really attribute it to anything other than, you know, this is just something how he's wired and it was going to happen regardless. And that's okay. Well, first of all, that happened to my son. I just did a show and it happened to the lady on the show right before this show. So it's obviously uh, a hot topic for today for better lack of words. And a lot of people try tying it to um, the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that your approach to the situation or whatever you want to call it is way better because trying to hang it on something that you can't do anything about that has no scientific proof just causes misery and pain. So right. I commend you and on the way I look at it too with that is like, like you said, there's no scientific fact in that argument, but uh, even if there was, like, I would way rather my son have autism than polio or measles. Like, even if there was any fact in that, that's a simple choice for me. That's another great perspective. How have you and your wife dealt with this situation that you probably weren't anticipating? I have just buried myself in literature and trying to learn as much as I possibly can about it because, you know, it's not something that I experienced. Me, myself, I'm not on the spectrum. So, so I just want to understand why he does things differently and why this and how I can help better. So I really dove into it. My wife, so she, her father got sick this last year and he just recently passed away from cancer. So she, while this was going on, she was kind of wow. in a emotionally unavailable state. You know, she was grieving. And so she really hasn't come to terms with it yet, but she's expressed to me that she's grateful that I've been so on top of it because, you know, now that she's kind of having some time to grieve and heal she's coming to a point where she wants to know more about it and help and whatnot so we're just kind of at different points but i knew she would get there as soon as you know um unfortunately you know her father did pass away and i knew once that wasn't hanging over her head anymore she could devote more energy to this wow that's awesome i'm glad to hear you guys are supporting one another a lot of times and in my situation as well, it, it puts a wedge. The statistics say that it's difficult to maintain relationships with special needs children. And I, my feeling is that's when we need one another the most. Right. So I think that's really awesome. That yeah, that was the perspective I was trying to keep. There was definitely times I wasn't perfect at it where I'd get really frustrated and feel like I'm doing this alone. Um, yeah. But then I'd have to backtrack and remind myself like, this is not permanent. You know, I know that she's fully invested as a mother. It's just, she's going through a very difficult time right now. And I just tried to have some compassion, but it was really hard to be married for the last year. Truthfully. It's another question that I probably won't get the answer to, but I just have to wonder a lot of times when I interview people, I have to say that the couple that interviews with couples or, or individuals that are 
in a relationship versus the ones that had the you know the disastrous breakup it it's like night and day talking to the two different parties and it just makes me wonder how many people who go through the nasty breakups and all the chaos that ensues for the couple and the kids in that kind of environment you know how many look back and just wonder if they made the right decision i mean are they that much happier in their new place with all their same stuff by themselves so that's a tough one so can you tell us what a difficult day looks like as it relates to the unique needs of your children yeah so lately my younger one he and which is not uncommon for autism at all he's having a really hard time sleeping so there's a lot of nights you know i just don't get a lot of sleep because i'm up at 2 3 a.m with him you know that's really hard and then that bleeds into his day you know his symptoms uh, more difficult behaviors become much worse when he's overtired and it's just a vicious cycle and with my older one you know he has adhd as well and this has been kind of hard on him too because with this regression and all this new stuff that I have to do with his brother, I have less and less energy for him. There's not more of me to go around. I have the same amount. And, you know, I try to make an effort to have me and him do special things on weekends or something when mom can watch little brother. Uh, but we used to spend a lot more time together than we do now. And, you know, he gets jealous, but I just have to remind him that I love him too. And it's not a, I love him more. I just, and he's been really good. He's a really good big brother and he's been really, really helpful and like he's trying to be understanding as much as an 11 year old can be of his brother's different needs so yeah i would say a hard day is just lack of sleep and like he won't eat anything and he's throwing toys at the tv and the wall and he's having a lot of tantrums and meltdowns but you know i just try to remind myself that some days are better than others and he's there he's not doing this to be naughty he's doing this because something is overwhelming for him or he can't process something or there's a reason there's always a why. He's not doing this just to get at me or his brother. Right. That's pretty heavy. Has the research that you've been doing and, and getting on these different forums been helpful? Have you had any aha moment? There's a lot of that, that perspective I just described that he, there's a why behind all this. And it just, it was in this book. Um, it's called Uniquely Human. I forget the author, but I recently read it. And it's a book um, about children with autism and kind of, they're, what they experience and whatnot. And that was a big perspective it drove home. Like, instead of trying to say, don't do this, try to t ask yourself, why are we doing this? And it's even harder with him because he can't speak, you know, so he can't explain to me what's going on. So I really have to learn his body cues and his body language and try to determine what in his environment is causing this. And usually when I do find the, the why, whether it's the light is too bright for him or there's too much going on and his ears are hurting and, you know, he's overstimulated. Uh, usually when I remedy that, whether it's through like noise canceling headphones or we go sit in the closet for a while in the dark and just sort of calm down, you know, I can bring him back to earth. Um, there's always a why he's not just being naughty. And I have to remind myself that. I think that's awesome. Has the school, uh, you said he's kind of in an early intervention sort of yeah. preschool, is, did you say? Yeah, he's there right now. He goes on Thursdays. Has it been helpful? It's been really good. Yeah, it's been really good. I, It's entirely not enough time for me to feel like it's much. I just kind of live in a rural county and the resources are sparse, uh, but it's something. And more so than helping him, it's just I have to have a little break 
in the week. I just have to. And, you know, it's just me and my wife. Like I told you earlier, my family isn't here. I don't really have a village to help me. So it's been really helpful in just kind of letting me decompress and get laundry or something done. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you seem like a very positive person. Have you always been positive person or is this just a good day or what's going on? Today's been pretty good. I struggle. I go in and out. You know, sometimes it feels doom and gloom and like, I can't do this. There's a lot of days where I feel like I can't do this because like something that I try not to affect me, but still does, it's impossible not to, you know, we go with peers, his age or his cousins, his age. And I see how easy some things are for them that are just not for him. And I feel like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't, why can't my son be there? You know, like, why is this so much harder for him? Am I a bad parent? Like, am I not giving him enough attention? Am I not doing something right? Yeah. And, you know, it's real easy to fall into that trap of just feeling bad about myself, feeling, you know, feeling inadequate. However, I do have to bring myself back to just positive talk or I'm just, I'm just not going to make it. You know, I have to be able to pull myself out of those holes for my sake and for his. How do you do that? Something that's really helpful for me is kind of, I have to reach out to either a friend or talk to my therapist or talk to one of my brothers or sister parents. I just have to get these feelings out of me and these thoughts. Cause if I just hold them in and let them fester, um, that just becomes my reality, you know? Um, it doesn't become, I feel inadequate. It becomes, I am inadequate, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of thinking, sharing that burden with people that care, take it all off my chest and shoulders. Uh, so I do That's that. Awesome. Um, I try to do fit things that I enjoy in my life. Uh, like I still play basketball once or twice a week. You know, I'm going to school right now, so I'm not feeling like I'm just wasting my time here. You know, I can come out when my son is hopefully, you know, one day uh, that he's mainstream school, I can come out with better job prospects and things like that. So I have to fit in time and things for myself to remain okay enough to keep doing this every day. Yeah. I identify with a lot of the things that you just said. I'm a single dad. I'll try to figure out work things or, you know, this, these certain pressures I'll put in my head about, you know, needing to be at a certain financial place or, and somebody told me the other day, they said, Chad, you're a professional father, and that's your main responsibility. Like, kind of, kind of telling me to not give so much energy to these other things that are less important that I maybe make too important sometimes. Yeah, totally. I love that. A professional father. I love that so much. It's like a meditation practice for me. I like. I drift into those thoughts and then I have to pull myself back and clear those thoughts away and refocus. And it's like, it's like that multiple times every day. And, but when I really think about it and when I listen to your story and like, see what you're doing and you're inspiring me just by what you're doing, it, it makes me realize that what we're doing does feel most important. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Maybe we remember that more times than less times. Yeah. It can be hard in the middle of a meltdown to remember that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I do basketball once or twice a week as well. So we have that in common. And my favorite thing about playing basketball is when I'm playing, I'm not thinking about any of the things that I think about that cause me anxiety and stress. Yeah. And exactly. A nice reprieve. It's an escape. It's an yeah, escape and a healthy one too. So, that's right. At this stage in raising 
your kids. Is there anything that you believe to be true that most parents disagree with? Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know what most parents believe, frankly. Um, but I, uh, I, threw it out there. I believe heavily in gentle parenting. You know, growing up, my dad was a big yeller, not a very good communicator and not very good with emotions. And, you know, I felt a lot of times in my own house, like I couldn't be myself or I had no one to go to. And I don't want my kids to ever feel like that. Big supporter of gentle parenting and trying to figure out why they're doing something rather than just assuming they're trying to hurt me or they're being naughty. That's beautiful. And trying to be patient. I'm not always successful. I can get pretty grouchy, but, uh, you know, I, I try and I, I try to keep it in my mind. And I apologize to my kids when I'm wrong. You know, one big yeah. thing with my parents and a lot of their generation was they're right. And the closest you get to an apology is you're all right. You're okay. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so, I don't do that when I'm wrong. I like to recognize it and, you know, show my children it's okay to be wrong and to make mistakes. I love that. I was pissed when I figured out that my parents weren't right about everything. I felt, yeah. I felt, <laughs> I felt like they pulled the biggest scam on me ever. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Are you the one who gave the quote that you're never too much and you're always enough? Yeah. So there's a Netflix show called Never Have I Ever. And I was watching it with my wife. It's about, it's just like this teenage coming of age sort of thing. The girl in it, she's kind of, she's kind of, you know, a lot. She's obnoxious and she's feeling insecure about it one day. And she's talking to her mom and she's asking if her relationships and friendships are failing because she's too much. And her mom looks at her and tells her she's never too much and she's always enough. And I just, I love that. And I want my kids to feel that way. You know, I want them to feel confident in who they are and worthy of love and all the good things. I just really love that quote. I think that's awesome. So we do like a lightning round where you give like a one word to one sentence answer to question just so we can kind of get more of your thoughts and opinions. Are you up for it? Yeah, totally. All right. What's the best advice you have received? Go easier on yourself. I like that. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? I personally love the autism parenting Reddit thread. Um, I'm there all the time, whether it's commenting or receiving advice. There's a lot of good people in there, and I like it better than Facebook. Sorry, this is not one one uh, sentence, but I like it better than Facebook because the anonymity it creates, I feel like, more genuine responses or more helpful, constructive responses a lot of the time. Awesome. I don't know Reddit that well. Um, is that like a particular group or thread on Reddit, or do you just mean in general that topic, or how does Reddit work? So it is a particular group thread. It's called a subreddit and it's just autism parenting. And it's just, okay. you join and like, it's a lot of people that are parenting kids with autism. And, you know, a lot of people go there to vent or ask advice or give feedback. And it's just, I like it. I'm in a similar group on Facebook and I don't like that one as much. There's a lot more negativity and a lot more ego attached to it a lot of the time. But the anonymity, I find that I have found a lot more helpful advice in there for sure. Cool. All right. I'm going to check that out. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? Um, I want to at some point. I got in pretty good shape when he was little because he used to take naps and stuff. I want to exercise. I want to incorporate that back in my life when I'm done with school and I have some time after he goes to sleep. Right on. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? Exercise. All exercise right. for sure. I try to do as much as I can, but you know, I used to exercise five days a week and now it's one or two days a week. So yeah, 
I think it makes a huge difference. I know it makes a huge difference. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Do you have a favorite product that you use for yourself or your child or your family that you just love and couldn't live without? I love his weighted blanket. His nice. weighted blanket is great. You can, this, is that something that he, that gives him comfort? Yeah, he really calms down at night with it. He can't sleep without one. I, I read in that book I told you about earlier, or no, it wasn't that book. It was The Reason I Jump. I read that reason recently. And uh-huh. uh, he talked about how sometimes he feels like he's floating away. And I thought my son might be feeling that way. And I got him that way to blanket and he started sleeping a lot better. Wow. Cool. I love that. I've really appreciated our conversation. I, Having met you, I can feel the person that you are. And I just think that you should be really proud of yourself for what you're doing. I think you got lucky kids to have such a cool dad. And um, just from what we've talked about or just what's on your heart, what do you say to the listeners in Naked Parent Nation? Just keep trying. Your kids need you. You know, you got to be their their biggest advocate, uh, you know, because a lot of these kids struggle and will struggle with advocating for themselves. So they, they really need you. Don't give up. I love that. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time on your your half day off per week to be on the show. I really <laughs> appreciate that. And I hope we can stay friends and get connected down the road and just kind of hear how your journey unfolds. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Have a great rest of your day and all the best to you and your family. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes, and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. So long.